Welcome, welcome all to another exciting episode of your favorite podcast, Targo. Big times, man. How you doing? Good, good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. We're coming to the conclusion of the season, man. Yeah, it's just a crunch time. One more game in some leagues, a couple games in a couple other leagues. It's it's the end. Crunch time. All right. So, what are you drinking to help you digest? The last rounds. I am drinking no lie, day fade lemon lemonade, huckleberry hard seltzer. Oh, that was a mouthful. Yeah, there's the can. You said you had these before, and they're pretty good. I have. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. All right, let's try it. Not bad. It smells really good. I will say. Yeah. yeah, it smells like huckleberry, which is one of my faves. But yeah. How about you? What are you drinking for this episode? I'm drinking a Czech Pilsner from Perry Street Brewing in this nice 32-ounce can. Um, I would be lying to you if I told you that I hadn't tasted it yet because I've clearly been drinking some. (laughs) It's really good, though. It's nice and light. It'd be perfect for a hot, sunny day. It's sunny, but not quite hot in Spokane, so... But those are our brews. Let's get to some banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. Targo, we have a lot to talk about today. But first, let's shout out to our socials. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Make sure you're checking out our Facebook group as well. Get in on the conversation. Get in on the conversations. We want to hear, like we are going to tell you guys today, about your biggest surprises and disappointments of the season in all leagues, not just the Premier League like we are going to talk about. But then make sure to check out our Redbubble. we got some awesome merch on there. And more coming at you soon. So, with that said, let's get into the action. First, we had action yesterday in the Premier League. Brighton against Manchester City. Man, what a game this was. Dude, this was such an amazing game. <laughs> if anyone ever says soccer is boring, show them this game. Right? It was oh, end it to was end. End to end, so good. Brighton going blow to blow with the champions themselves. This one ended 1-1. I know I picked a draw and you picked City, so. Good job. I think I think a draw was the right result in this one, though. Oh, both of them if, had chances. If, maybe maybe, City, maybe almost Brighton a little bit more with the opportunities, maybe. but City definitely had possession. Yeah, yeah, as you expect them to. And I'll be honest with you, if City had got some out of this game, I would have been very upset. Just as a neutral. So, you were right. City picked their full-strength squad, pretty much. Just about, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Foden, Phil Foden, got City started in the 25th minute after a beautiful ball was played into Holland. He did his normal Holland thing, played it back across to Phil Foden. Slide at home. Yeah, kind of a little unlucky there with the defender. Kind of went off the defender and into the net, but it counts. But man, it before does. that, I believe uh, Brighton, man, they, was it before that or after that? I can't remember when uh, Matoma had a goal called back for his handball. I think it was before that, yeah. So, I mean, this was going blow for blow. Welbeck hit the post off a free kick. Oh. And then in the 38th minute. Oh, man. 
Oh. Julio and CISO, the oh. teenage wonder kid himself, equalized for the Seagulls with a absolute rocket into the top A corner. banger, man. What a banger. Woo. That's like the second or third one he scored like that this season, too. From the deep. From the deep to where the spider lays its web. Oh, yeah, right in that upper corner, man. It was a beautiful knuckleball. It was so nice. I, I could watch that shot a hundred times, man. It wouldn't get old. times. Yeah, I know. Uh, what's his name? Steele? Is it Jordan or Jonathan? I don't know. Something. Their goalie. At his post-match press conference was saying how beautiful the flight of that ball was from the other end of the field. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely sublime. And so was the first, first, the first half. Oh, it was, man. The whole first half was just spectacular to watch. Man, Brighton got some good young players. Like you mentioned, Julio and CISO, teenager. Yeah. Uh, Bueno Note, also a teenager. Evan Ferguson. Ferguson, also a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we'll get into their recruiting policy a little bit later. But yes, we will. Yes, we will. Yeah. they, They are one of the best at this point, I will say. Uh, Stupinian almost had a worldie of a match winner. Oh, just six minute. What a rocket of a volley that was and missed by whiskers. Just wide, man. Yeah. And then city thought they had the winner through Erling Holland. Uh, when he put city ahead in the 78th minute until VAR called it back for a foul. Yeah. He definitely pulled that defender back. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what pep was on about. He like went off on the, fourth official for like 10 minutes after that oh yeah yeah he did he was definitely not happy but it was an obvious foul man he grabbed his shirt his arm it was <laughs> manhandled him yeah and then worrying signs for champions league finalists manchester city as john stones was forced to come off in the 82nd minute through injury don't know how bad it is or how good it is but he looked like he immediately knew he needed to be taken off, which usually indicates some sort of muscle strain or pull. Yeah, something something happened there. And I know Pep started making subs pretty early, around the 50th minute. He saw Kevin De Bruyne come off. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of players. Calvin Phillips came on. Yeah. Definitely trying to protect those big game players for the Champions League final and FA Cup final coming up. Definitely. Good news for Brighton, though. With the draw, they secured Europa League football next season, and what a season it has been for them. They had over 20 shots in this game. 20 shots against Manchester City. That never happens. Well, it was interesting watching them go man-to-man. Yeah. Part part of the game, they look like Both teams want to play out of the back, man. Want to play that slick football. Yeah, this game was what Arsenal versus City should have been. <laughs> but it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And for Brighton, I mean, honestly, I hope... Brighton looked better than Real Madrid. Yeah. Which is saying a lot. Yeah. I do hope, though, that Brighton keeps most of their stars for next season because what a team they would have. Going it's going to be tough, man. I think some big money moves are going to come. McAllister, yeah, well. uh, I wonder if he stays. Caicedo. He's going to leave. I, For them, I hope Caicedo stays. I hope everybody but McAllister stays because McAllister already looks like he's got one foot out the door. Even Matoma, man. Yeah. But with their recruitment policy, who knows? 
Yep, I'll get into that. Yeah. So let's get into our preview of the last, well, a game and then the last weekend of English Premier League football until August. Tomorrow, or today, today, uh, we got Manchester United against Chelsea. United with a draw, secure Champions League football. Who you got? Why in the world would I bet on this Chelsea team, man? <laughs> I, I don't know. This terrible, dysfunctional Chelsea team. I No. 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 <laughs> no. They are, yeah, dysfunctional probably says it the best, honestly. Uh, I know earlier I had picked a draw, and I had changed it, but it didn't apparently change. So I'm going United as well. There's no way. Yes. There's no way. At Old Trafford, come on. Yeah. No. Last game of the season in front of the fans. It's going to be a culmination of what has happened this season so far. United playing pretty good football and Chelsea being terrible. God awful. God awful. And then for the weekend, all the games played at, what is it, 1130 Eastern, 830 Pacific. Yep. So we're going to go through all of them because they're all at the same time. First up. Probably the best matchup of the Honestly, weekend. yeah. This is going to be good. I wish I, I could know. watch this one, but I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to be watching one of those relegation games. Yeah, the ones that really matter. Because pretty much everything else is wrapped up at this point. Except for seventh. <laughs> yeah, that ninth, tenth, seventh spot. Yeah, what you said. So we got Aston Villa against Brighton. Brighton high one, off a draw. Villa, I mean, they've looked so good, and they're at home. At off Villa a draw Park. against Liverpool. Off a draw against at Liverpool. At Anfield. Also are high flying, and yes, at Anfield. And honestly, they probably should have won that game. Who you got? I'm going to go Brighton, man. Yeah, it's hard to bet against this Brighton team, man. It really is. And so as a good. neutral fan, it's hard not to root for them every single time they step on the pitch. So I, too, am going Brighton. For them to uh, pip that much closer to Liverpool, but not quite make that Champions League spot. I wish they would have. That would have been so cool. Uh, they need quite a few points to get to the Champions League spot. I know. I know. But I digress. Next, we got Leeds against Tottenham Hotspur. I'll be honest with you, Leeds probably couldn't have asked for a better time to play Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, honestly, I don't think Leeds lose this game, whether they draw or win. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know they need a win, and they need Leicester to draw or lose and Everton to lose to be safe. So they need some help, but all three points would be the best outcome for them to try to secure their safety. I think it'll be a draw as well. Yeah, I do think a draw. I, I almost want to I change my went. answer to Leeds winning. I almost did too, but I'm going to stick with a draw. Well, change mine then. I'll, I'll be different. Change mine All to right. Leeds winning. Be different. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Man United against Fulham. We would suspect United have secured Champions League football at this point. Fulham stuck at 10th place, but fantastic season. Yeah, um, so we got Man United, Fulham. 
Hmm. I almost want to say draw. Okay. But I'm going to go United. Okay. I mean, it, the way Fulham's been playing this season, a draw isn't out of the question, but I think United want to keep the win streak going while they still have to play Manchester City in the FA Cup final. They exactly. So they want to keep that momentum, man. Yeah. So I'm going to go to United as well. Um, I think it'll be close. Maybe a two to one, but yeah, United need to keep winning before they play Manchester City, which leads us to our next game, which is a lot further down the table. <laughs> Leicester City against West Ham United. Leicester need a win and an Everton uh, loss or draw. Oh, Leicester, man. They got a draw last time out against Newcastle. Kept a clean sheet. Mm-hmm. I think Leicester get the result here. I think they get the win. Okay. West Ham. West Ham needing the same thing as Man United. They got a cup final coming up in the Europa Conference League. They need to keep winning as well. And they need to keep their players healthy, which might lead to David Moyes not playing all their starters. I think it. I think you're right. If, the, if he does, they probably come off early. Yeah. But I still think even with that, West Ham win this game. Next up, Southampton against Liverpool. If you're Southampton, you just want the season to be over. If you're Liverpool, probably the same thing, to be honest with you. But they got Europa League football next season. Jurgen Klopp coming out and saying they will make it their competition, which they probably will. And probably win the whole thing. I'm going Liverpool in this game, honestly, the way Southampton have been, man. Southampton have nothing to play for. They know they're relegated. I mean, they're on. They're just losing. They're losing. That's what they're doing, man. When was the last time they won a game? I couldn't tell you, but they've lost their last five. The last time (laughs) they got a point, I think, was to Arsenal. Arsenal, yeah. 2-2. And, uh, yeah, I might even go as far to say they deserve to win that game. Yeah, I I go with Liverpool, too. There's... There's no way in hell you could possibly pick Southampton at this point in the season. I just feel bad for him at this point. Next up, Everton against Bournemouth. Bournemouth safe. Everton needing a win. A draw most likely clinches promotion for them, but will keep them on the edge of their seats. So, yeah, if they draw, then they would need... Leicester and Leeds to both draw or lose. Yes. But I think Everton win, man. I mean, they couldn't have asked for a better scenario to stay up. You're playing Bournemouth at home. It's in your hands. You go out there, you win, you're safe. Bournemouth lost three on the bounce. They've had a little bit of a dip here, Bournemouth, since they became safe. So, going Everton, man. I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, it's at Goodison Park. They're playing very well there this season. Well, since Sean Dyche took over, I should say. Not the whole season. But, yeah, you really couldn't ask to play a better team besides maybe Southampton than Bournemouth for this one. Both teams really, I mean, Bournemouth has nothing to play for at this point. Everton pretty much just going to, in my opinion, easy stroll in the park for them. You know what's crazy, though, is if Bournemouth do win that game and West Ham and Wolves lose, Bournemouth could jump up to 13th place. Yeah. Remember they're in the relegation zone? Yeah. 
and seems we like just a couple months relegated. ago. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we got Brentford against Manchester City, which should be another tasty affair since Brentford beat Manchester City earlier in the season at the Etihad, and I think they're the last team to beat them there. Probably, yeah. I can't yeah. think of another one beating them there. No. Um, this one is at the, what is it, the G G something stadium? I don't remember the name Give of the stadium, Give me a second. G-Tech Community Stadium. That was it. And can't keep these names straight sometimes. It's like be, living in the United States where the sponsorship changes every five weeks. You're not wrong. <laughs> so, Manchester City fresh off a draw against Brighton, Brentford. I mean, they're sitting in ninth place. They won their last two games. Lost one in their last five. They're at home, and they've been pretty darn good at home this season. They've only lost twice. I hope they get a win or a draw, but, man, I I don't know. That's tough against that City team. I know. They might come out flying, playing all their guys. Because that Champions League final is not for a little bit. Two weeks, yeah, but they do have a game. They have the FA Cup, yeah. But still, you want, again, you want that momentum. You want all your players fit. You know, if John Stones has a little bit of an injury, probably keep him out. But I think City, it's hard to bet against. How can you not say City at this point? It's hard. I mean, I had a hard time picking a draw against Brighton. You got it right, though. Good job. I did. You can pick um, another draw? No. No. Brentford have a chance to jump with a win here and a loss to Tottenham and Aston Villa to jump all the way to seventh and get European football next season. How yeah, wouldn't that be them? As would an Arsenal be? fan, that would be great to see Tottenham drop down the ninth place. Right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to go bold, and I'm going to say Brentford do the double over City. Ooh, the double over City. I'm going for it. High flying bees. I was gonna make a They're joke. Sting say, them. LOL JK. I'm going with City, but no. I'm gonna stick with <laughs> I'm gonna stick with Brentford. <laughs> I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right. Yeah. I do too. Speaking of teams in London that aren't doing very hot, we got Chelsea against Newcastle. They <laughs> couldn't have picked a worse opponent to play for the last game of the season. Oh, Chelsea. They can't score, and they're playing the best defense in the Premier League. Yeah, they are, and I don't think they they do anything, man. Have you watched Newcastle lately? Hot yeah. damn, man. Except for the, the little blip they had against, what was that, Leicester City last week? I don't know if I'd even call that a blip. They dominated that game. Got unlucky is what I would yeah. say. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, they their did blip. In the post at least four times. So we'll probably have came against Arsenal was their blip, their one yeah. loss. Otherwise, they've just decimated well, Aston, teams. They man. lost three 0 to Aston Villa too. That was a while ago, yeah. But dude, they're so fun to watch. Newcastle no. now. Yes, yes, but, I'm excited to see them in the Champions League next season. So yeah, I'm going Newcastle. I I am too. I am too, and I honestly. Wouldn't be surprised if it was a blowout at the bridge. <laughs> the bridge collapses. <laughs> <laughs> Fans leaving early, man. Can see it happen. All right. Next up, we got the last game of the season. 
against for our Arsenal against Wolves. You can say this has been a success of a season. You can say it's been a disappointment. It's probably been both. It's definitely be been both. But nonetheless, I think it's a successful season for an Arsenal squad that was predicted to be sixth, fifth, sixth by most pundits. They're in second. They're at home in what could be Granite Xhaka's last game for the Gunners going from villain with the fans to cult hero. I just want them to go out on top and give Granite Xhaka a proper send-off because, man, does he deserve it. Yeah, I do too. I want them to win as well, obviously, and I, I think they do. Hopefully Arteta doesn't mess around with the squad like he did against Boris. Just go out there, put your strongest squad, let them try to have some fun on the last day of the season after what's definitely, I'm guessing, been very disappointing for some of those younger players. Yeah, but especially also hopefully a learning months. experience for them. So that well, they got it last season and now they got it this season. One. I think um, with Arsenal, nothing to play with. I'll be honest with you. Nothing Wolves, to play with or nothing to play for. Both. <laughs> Wolves would love a win. They're not going to get it, but I think they do get a draw with the way Arsenal have been playing. But I will beg you, Mikel Arteta, please start Karen Tierney. That's all I ask. At left back, please. Back four as well. I think you'll so, see an Odegaard Saka masterclass here, man. I hope so. But I'm going to go draw. Arsenal typically do well on the last game of the season. They do. So hopefully they can forget everything before that. For the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Crystal Palace against Nottingham Forest. Both teams safe. Last game of the season. Palace are at home. Uh, because Palace are at home, I'm going to go Palace. I know not to, bo- to uh, go against Roy Hodgson, so I'm going with Palace as well. All right. On the 27th, we also have a big game. It's not a Premier League game, but it's to see who's going to play in the Premier League next season. They call it the richest match in football. It's the EFL Championship playoff at Wembley. We had Coventry City against Luton Town. At no point in the season did I think I'd be saying those words because both teams were playing in League 2 not even five years ago. That's nuts. That is nuts. One of them will play in the Premier League next season. Who are you going for? Ah, man. I don't know. Coventry City's uniforms look like a Manchester City jersey from like 20 years ago. Luton Town may have the some of the ugliest jerseys I've ever seen. They're orange and white and orange and black. Weird. Uh, but there is a guy, I forget his name, plays for Luton Town that has been playing with them since they played either in League Two or in the non-league football. And he'd be the first person to go from the bottom to the top, essentially. So I'm going to go with Luton Town. Well, I'm going to agree with you, man. I want Luton Town as well. All right, man. I think that'd be crazy to see them in the Prem. Yeah, I think so too. Either one of these teams would be crazy to see. Uh, but Luton Town especially, I would love to see them. 
I don't think they'll stay more than a season, but who <laughs> knows? You get that much cash, you could do something with it. Also, Luton Town Stadium, they have to put in, I think tiny. they said, yeah, I think it's they said tiny. Like 100, 150 million in renovations to make it up to Premier League standards. <laughs> oh, man. So there goes all that money. <laughs> but at least they got a bigger stadium. And they'll probably built be getting a whole bunch of, of it. Built on top of homes. It is. It's like okay. in the middle of a neighborhood. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's flats built into the stadium. It's nuts. All right, Targo. Let's head off to Spain and La Liga. La Liga, man. We have some games this week. Yeah, we do. On the 23rd, we had Real Valladolid against Barcelona. We both picked Barcelona because why not? They're the champions. Yep. Well, we were dead wrong. They lost (laughs) 3-1. I will say Barca had uh, some wholesale changes for this one to start. Yep. But uh, Valladolid, man, they took the lead after just 98 seconds. A beautiful header from Andreas Christensen into his own It was beautiful. Surprised even their own goalie. It did, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, Barcelona scored as many goals as Valladolid did in this game. Unfortunately, one was the other direction, so. Yeah, I will say it was one Christensen had to go for. for. He had a player right behind him who was ready to put it in if he didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those balls where either the ball's going to go into your net, own net or you're going to hit it wide for a corner. But either way, you have to go for it. Otherwise, it's a wide open header for the attacker. It would have been, yeah. Yeah. But the home side struck again on the 22nd minute after Eric Garcia tripped Gonzalo Plata in the box, giving yeah. away a penalty. Yeah, it was a weird one. He, like, went to kick the ball, but almost missed the ball and the player and barely got both of the tips of Plata's feet. And then Was he it fell a PK for you? By the rule of the law, yeah. I thought it was very soft, though. I think it was, yeah. I think it was a PK. I do. But up stepped up Kyle Larin, and he put it home, man. So yeah. it's 2-0. I will say in that first half, Barca had had chances. Lots. Uh, Vio de Leeds goalkeeper, though, coming up with some big saves. Rafinha, personally, I think he needs to maybe get his head up a little quicker. Pass that ball to one of the best strikers in the world, and Lewandowski. But then at halftime, Mark andre Ter Stegen came off, which, man, he, poor guy, he needed a clean sheet, man. He was one Just clean one. sheet away from the Just record. <laughs> but uh, like I said, Ter Stegen came off. And uh, to lead, man, they I think they came to life even more in the second half. They hit the post, carving that defense up. Barca were leaving school bus size holes in that defense, man. Acres, acres of space. Oh, yeah. And they got a, another one, Gonzalo Plata. He got the third for Vial the lead. I think if Ter Sagan's in there, man, he saves it. Ter Sagan, whatever. 100%. Yeah. But that was in the 73rd. Uh, Lewandowski did get one back in the 84th, but a little too little, too late. But it does look like he'll be the top goal scorer in La Liga. He's got 23 goals right now. 
Benzema's yeah. in second on 17 goals. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like it. He probably only needs one or two more with two games left to be able to win the golden boot in Spain. So I think I saw some stat. He's the first player to play for Barcelona to score over 20 goals since, can you guess? Lionel Messi. Nope. In their first season, sorry, in their first season at Barca, scoring over 20 goals. Luis Suarez? Nope. Neymar? Nope. Thierry? No, it's not Thierry Henry. Uh, One of your favorite players, man. Thierry Henry? No. Who's your second favorite player? Ronaldo. (laughs) Duh. There you go. Since R9. Duh. But yeah, Barca dominated possession, but we're just terrible defensively in this game, man. Yeah, and it's kind of been the way that the end of their season has gone after they won the title. Just defensively, they're not good. Which is a shame because they were breaking records. <laughs> they're sogging with clean sheets, goals allowed in a season. Most clean sheets. That all went likely. out the door on this one. <laughs> yeah. Most definitely. But on the 23rd, or not 23rd, 24th of May, we had Espanol and Atletico Madrid. We both picked Atleti because, man, they're flying high. Yeah. This one ended in a draw. In the first half, they were flying high. They were flying high in the first half, man. I I thought we were sitting good. 3-0 up. Like, okay, (laughs) cool. Got that pick right. Yeah. Yeah. Espanol had other plans. 3 3. Jesus. But Sal got the scoring starter for Athletic in the 21st. Oh, what a ball to find him, too. What a ball. From that left back, man. He just took out two defenders. Oh, beautiful. Griezmann, he made it 2 0 just before halftime after VAR spent at least three minutes looking at this dang thing. I don't know why. Apparently, in Spain, they don't have the goal line technology where. The refs watch buzzes if the ball crosses the line. So they spent three minutes looking to see if this ball crossed the goal line. You would think with the amount of money they have that they could afford goal line technology. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's the one thing I don't know if you really can get wrong. It just tells you if it went in or not. Plain and, and simple. And then just after halftime in the second half, man, Yannick Carrasco made it three for Atleti. After 15 seconds. It was like literally right out, off to kickoff. It was 15 seconds. Yeah. Wild. It was nuts. But then Cesar Montes put Espanol on the board with a thunderbolt of a header, man. Yeah. Absolute Woo. thunderbolt. Yeah. Just off a corner kick. Literally takes two steps. Looks like he wants it more. Jumps and it's in the top corner before the goalie could even react. Right at that near post. Yeah, it was... It was a beautiful. So that started the comeback in the 64th. And then Atletico Man shooting themselves in the foot, giving away a PK. Jolasu scores it. And just before that, man, Griezmann had a beautiful opportunity to put them 4-1 up. And he missed this shot. But yeah. Goalkeeper brings down the... I think he's a winger, technically. But Jolisu steps up, scores a PK, 2-3. Game on. Game on. And then they started piling on the pressure. 
they must have had 20 shots <laughs> in the last 20, 15 minutes. Yeah, but just three minutes later, the pressure paid off. Venusia Sosa headed in a wonderful cross at the back post, leveling the match 3 3. Yeah, Atletico were poor in that second half. After the third goal, it looked like they're like, yeah, we're going to win. Don't have to try anymore. I thought they were Man City. You can just pass the ball around. Yeah, and they're not. They've never been that team. But it was a fantastic game to watch. That's for sure. It was. Holy cow. Tale of two halves. Mm -hmm. And on the 24th, we had Real Madrid against Real Vallecano. Vinny Jr., had his red card uh, rescinded, Valencia were also hit with a partial stadium closure for five games following the race's chance on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they did something. Um, And I know the La Liga president also took back his statement. (laughs) Good, because it was a terrible statement. Yeah, it was awful. Um, But I don't understand a partial stadium closure. What is that? Like Probably just where the ultras sit. Or where the okay, chance were coming just from. Go sit somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like close the entire bottom bowl or have no fans at all. So that way the players can't even hear it. At least they That's did fine. something. Yeah, they did something. It's a start. It is a start. Uh, Real Madrid, they won this game 2-1. Kareem Benzema got Madrid on the board in the 31st after a drop ball. And a 1-2 with Valverde put him behind the defense to score. I thought it was a bit shoddy. Well, on sportsman, like, yeah, yeah, especially off a drop ball. But then again, it's all fair play. So it it was fair play. I'll give him that. But oh, by the lead, uh, defenders were not happy. No, we're not happy, man. They were arguing with that ref. That. But you got to be ready for those sort of things. You do. You do. Yeah. But Raul de Thomas leveled the match for Vallecano in the 84th with another thunderbolt of a shot yeah. past yeah. Courtois. At the near post, too. And it must have been like two feet between Courtois and the post. That's how hard he hit the ball. Oh, dude, he <laughs> smashed it. It was a... I mean, he hit the back of the net before Courtois even left his feet. It was a banger. And I do think Courtois <laughs> was maybe a little unsighted. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But holy smokes, man, that, that ball oh, had its... After Jets, yeah. huh, man? It was flying. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't go through the net. Right. But I think they deserved that goal. They were they were testing Courtois for sure. I think they deserved a goal in this game. 100%. But Rodrigo, man, got the winner in the 89th. Hero. It's yes, a beautiful sir. goal, too. He kind of received the ball in the midfield, dribbles it up, and then has a lovely low curling shot around the goalie. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a great team goal, too. I mean, I think it was Danny Ceballos that played it in the ball. But it was a you know a couple of one twos throughout that midfield before they found him, and he had an acre of space to dribble forward and slot at home. Typical of uh, one uh, Thierry Henry passing <laughs> the ball into the side corner. It was kind of yeah, kind of like that. But uh, with this result, Real Madrid jumped back into second place, and yeah, and it was kind of an ugly win for Real Madrid. But I think they'll take it at this point. Three points or three points, any point in the season. They needed but that win, too. They, they did. Were very inconsistent. And, uh, yeah, what a huge drop of points from Atleti being 3-0 up. Against Espanyol, who are second to last and getting relegated. 
Yep. I mean, they have to win both their games to not be, but it's pretty. You pretty much say it. <laughs> yeah. 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 But coming up this weekend on the 28th, we got Barcelona against Mallorca. We got in this one. My brain wants to say Barcelona and my gut wants to say not the way they've been playing of late. Right. Yeah. Two losses on the bounce. Two losses on the bounce, but I think I think Javi plays all the starters in this one. Cause they won't have another game for a week. So I'm gonna go with Barcelona. I'll agree with you. Get Pedri and Gavi some playtime. Usman Dembele. And Sufati. Yeah, I would say probably rest Rafinha for this one because he's been looking a little suspect. I know, man. I, I'll admit, I am not the biggest Rafinha fan. I just am not. I enjoyed watching him at Leeds. I hope. I know he was linked with Arsenal like there. And I, he, I don't want to see him at Arsenal. <laughs> I don't either. No, I think he would disrupt that dressing room. Lickety split. But also on the 28th, we have Atletico Madrid against Real Sociedad. So this is a good one, man. It is. I mean, last time Sociedad had a game against a uh, better opposition, they uh, won it. That was Barcelona. Yes, it was. And they're also unbeaten in their last five games. Yes, they are. (sighs) Is this another brain and gut one? (laughs) Yeah, it is another brain and gut one. I think I think Atleti will win. They're at home. I agree. Because they're at home, I'm giving it mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. And then we also have Sevilla at home to Real Madrid. Yeah. Who's going for in this one? Well, Sevilla <laughs> Sevilla need a win before their Europa Cup Europa League final. Uh, which would be a week from today. And they're playing at home against a Real Madrid side who have not been convincing at all of late. I'm going to go with Sevilla in this one. You think they rest some players for that Europa League final? No. No, I don't. It's Real Madrid. You don't rest players against them. Come on. I don't know, man. They're They're safe now from relegation. I know there was a time where they were down there. But... But they need a win to get any hope of Europe if they're not going to win the cup. So, I guess that's I think, true. They still could they get in a play. conference league spot. I think they will still play all of their players. Well, I'm going to go with Real Madrid, man. I know. It's hard to pick against them, but the way they've been playing of late. Yeah, I think this year, starting to see the age start to come through. Yeah, especially in that, that well... Mostly in the midfield, but also on defense. And up top. <laughs> well, Benzema, yeah. But he can do a job. He scores lots of goals. He does. He does score. All right. And the moment you've all been waiting for, well, at least I know I have. <laughs> uh, we're going to fly over to Germany and get into the Bundesliga final day because it is going to be exciting. More to play for in this one than in any other league that I know of. These games will all be Saturday. Uh, yeah, they'll all be Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. Man, it's going to be an early one. Oh, uh, it is. <laughs> there, I mean, there's so many teams that aren't safe 
from relegation and the title. So many teams that could get into, I mean, there's a couple of teams that could get into the European Conference League. And then, yeah, the title, which is all in Dortmund's hands. But we're going to start with the last remaining European spot and relegation. Bayer Leverkusen against VFL Bochum. Leverkusen need a win to secure Europa Conference League football. And Bochum need a win or Stut- and a Stuttgart draw or a tie and a Stuttgart loss to be safe. I'm going Leverkusen, man. Yeah, I I almost wanted to pick Bochum or at least a draw, but Leverkusen desperately need European football next season. They do. Even hope of keeping their best stars. I think they're going to win this one as well. Next up, we got Eintracht Frankfurt against Freiburg. Freiburg needs to win by five goals or more and hope that Union Berlin loses. Uh, for them to have any hope of getting Champions League football. And Frankfurt need to win and hope that Leverkusen and Wolfsburg both lose to get that last Europa Conference League spot. Who you got? I'm going Frankfurt. Yeah? Yeah, man. It's a good pick. I mean, Freiburg's been, I think they got the majority of their points the first half of the year, to be honest with you. They were sitting in second for what seemed like the longest time. And they have not been great since then. I still think that Freiburg will eke out a draw in this one because uh, Eintracht Frankfurt has not been playing very well. So. Next up, we got RB Leipzig, who have secured third place in Champions League football against Schalke, who need a win to survive the drop, and Bochum and Stuttgart. Both to lose or draw. Leipzig. Yeah. I think Schalke have zero hope. Their only hope is that Leipzig have been very inconsistent this season. They have been inconsistent, but they've been they've won their last four games in a row. Yeah. And including the last one was the Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, yes. <laughs> Next up we got Union Berlin against Werder Bremen. Union Berlin need to win. To get Champions League football, um, and or Freiburg has to score five more goals in them, or Freiburg just has to lose, or yes, that too. which I say they are. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go Union Berlin in this one as well. I'll pick the same, so that way we both get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who knows? Next up, we're gonna get into the two matches that will decide the title. First up, Cologne against Bayern Munich. Dortmund have to lose or draw, I guess, because Bayern will have a better goal differential for Bayern to win the title. You think anything but a win suffices here? I think Bayern, well, Bayern have to win, and I think yeah. they do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if they lose this game and lose the title, does Thomas Tuchel get fired? No. I think he will. He get he gets hired for two things. Bundesliga and the Champions League. Got knocked out emphatically. And then he loses the Bundesliga. 
to his defense, he didn't have much time with that team before the Champions League games. And I know they did bring him in, obviously, because he had a win over Pep Guardiola in a Champions League final. But I think it was too little too late for the Champions League aspect. Now, don't get me wrong. They have not performed well in the league either. But I do think they saw him as more of a long-term project, which is why they got rid of Nagelsmann, brought him in. Okay. Well, we'll see after this weekend. One of us will be right. And hopefully it's after this next game goes the way we both think it will, which is Borussia Dortmund against Mainz. Dortmund win the title with a win. Plain and simple. Do they get it done? They do, man. They get it done. Yeah, I agree. And I couldn't be happier to be wrong about Bayern Munich not winning the title. Marco Royce finally going to get his Bundesliga title, man. Yep. Yep. And sit there and give Robert Lewandowski a call and say, fuck you, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> he can call Robert Lewandowski. He can call Mario Kotze. He can he call, can call across, He can cr- call across the locker room to Mats Hummels. <laughs> to Mats Hummels. To Christian yeah. Pulisic. To Jaden Sancho. To Erling Holland. Yeah. Any of those guys. Next up. We got Stuttgart against Hoffenheim, and uh, Hoffenheim aren't even safe from relegation. So, if results go the right way, we could see Hoffenheim dropping from 13th into relegation. So, there's a lot of crazy scenarios here. Stuttgart need a win to guarantee safety uh, and or a draw, and they need Bochum and Schalke to draw or lose. Going Stuttgart, man. Uh, if all all teams lose, they're still safe. Hoffenheim need a point to be safe. I think it's going to be a draw. Both teams get the point they need. Both teams are safe. Possibly. <laughs> Depending so on how cra- the results go. Yeah. The crazy scenario, there is a crazy scenario where Osberg could get relegated if Bochum and Stuttgart both win and they lose and they play Borussia Mönchengladbach. I guess you're right because they're sitting on 32 points, two behind Augsburg. Uh-huh. So they'd finish with 35 and then Augsburg would drop down to that relegation zone. Yep. And if Bochum, Stuttgart, and Osberg all win and Hoffenheim don't, Hoffenheim could potentially get relegated if Stuttgart scores more than three goals or the three goal swing in either direction. Interesting. Yeah. Crazy scenarios. And we'll be watching the whole thing. Very excited. (laughs) Bright and early. Awake, but I will be watching. Right out in bushy tail. All right. Over to Italy where we had a pretty big game yesterday. The Coppa Italia final. We had Fiorentina against Inter Milan. This one ended 2-1 to one for Inter Milan. Nicolas Gonzalez scored first for Fiorentina in the third minute after he was unmarked, left unmarked at the back post. Yeah, it was a kind of a low cross across the box, and defender got sucked into the middle, and he said, thank you very much at the back post. Mm-hmm. And then it took a brace from Inter Milan's hero who sent them into the final 
of the Champions League. Lotaro Martinez with a brace. Goals in the 29th and 37th minutes. Your man, Marcelo Rozovic. He's my man? Nicolo, Nicolo Barella is who I'm thinking of. Yes. Yes. He got the second assist. Wow. <laughs> they both got assists for his goals. Uh, Marcelo Brozovic slid Lotaro Martinez through on the first one. And then Nicolo Barella puts in a cross and finds enters number 10 to volley at home. Beautiful cross from Barella, by the way. Oh, yes, it was. And a beautiful finish by Martinez. Yep. Shows how much you need a clinical striker in your squad for moments like that. Because Fiorentina had more shots than Inter did, but they could not take advantage. And Inter were just more clinical. They were, yeah. They had a few opportunities, and they finished them. Luka Jovic, man, for Fiorentina, he missed quite a few good opportunities. Yeah, in his second stint. So this one was interesting. This is the Conference League finalist against the Champions League finalist. (laughs) And it was closer than most people probably would have imagined. Yeah, yeah, it was close. I mean, in Serie A, Fiorentina are in 11th, Inter in 3rd. But man, watching that game, it makes me a little nervy for Inter against Man City. Yeah, yeah. And I, Fiorentina, no matter what they would have done in that game, be interesting to see them against West Ham. So, All right, off to the Serie A on the 28th. We have Bologna against Napoli. Napoli already champions. Bologna essentially stuck to the highest they can get is eighth. So nothing really to play for. No, but they're no slouches. They've been playing pretty no. good. Only one loss in their last five. I think they mm-hmm. get a draw out of this game. Playing at home as well. After watching Napoli return to their best against Inter, I can't go against them. I'm going Napoli. Next up, Just we remember got... the games before that. <laughs> True, true. Next up, though, after playing the Champions League finalists, Fiorentina played the Europa League finalists. (laughs) (laughs) Fiorentina against AS Roma. Oh, Roma, man. I don't... Roma have to win that Europa League final. Mm Mm-hmm. Stand any hope of getting into the Champions League next season? I think they get a draw. Okay. I am going to go with Fiorentina in this one. Oh. Roma away from home are not good. So, I, although a draw is probably more likely, I think Fiorentina get the points in this one. Next up, a huge top four clash. Inter against Atalanta. Atalanta needing a win and a Milan loss to jump above them into fourth place. Inter with a win secures Champions League football next season. And I think they get that win, man. Yeah, I almost went with you. It's again one of those brain and heart or brain and gut feelings. I'm going to go the draw. A draw, huh? Mm-hmm. Nice old boring draw. Next up, Lazio against Cremonese. Lazio need a point to secure Champions League football. Cremonese are relegated. Mm-hmm. I think Lazio get those points. 
Yeah, Lazio are at home. I I think they pretty much walk away with the win in this one. Yeah. And then the big match in Italy of the weekend with oh, so much on the table. So much on the table. Juventus against AC Milan. Milan secured Champions League football with a win and Atalanta draw or loss. Juve have to win this game to keep any hopes of Champions League football or even European football alive. Man, I had a hard time. I, I don't know who to pick on this one. Who are you picking? Convince me. I'm going to go with Milan. Watching the way Juventus played in their last match after hearing they got a 10-point deduction, they looked awful against Ampoli. And Milan, well, they played Sampdoria and ran them over. They did, but it's also last place Sampdoria. And you it look at is. their previous games, they they have not been the best. They're very inconsistent. I'm going to go with Milan, but I'll be honest with you. I think a draw is probably most likely. I'll I'll go Juve. I'll say they show up. It's crunch time. They have to win. Maybe they pip Roma. It's and Roma win the Europa League. <laughs> There you go. I mean, they still, if Atalanta lose to Inter and they win, they jump into fifth. So it's still Europa League football. All right. Speaking of Europa League football, we have the uh, Europa League final on the 31st of May, which is a week from today. I did not mean for that to rhyme, but it did. <laughs> We got AS Roma against Sevilla. We got the special one against the most successful Europa League club ever. They've been to six finals and won six trophies. Either way, this is going to be a brilliant matchup and will either be one of the most exciting games we've seen all year or one of the most boring games we've seen all year. AKA a Mourinho 1-0 win to Roma. I didn't even think that. It could go all the way to penalty kicks being nil-nil. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Roma in this one, man. Yeah, Mourinho has never one. lost a final. Now, granted, Sevilla have never lost the Europa League final either. Yeah, something's got to give. Something's got to give. Technically, going all the way to penalty kicks, neither team loses a final, but only <laughs> one team gets a trophy. So, I still think Sevilla are gonna win this, and I think they win it in regulation. Well, credit to you, man. You picked them a long time <laughs> if Arsenal went out. <laughs> I'm going to stick with them. I can't change my mind now. Way back in the far. round of 16 or round of 32, whatever it was they played in. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the first knockout round. Yeah. Yeah. So good, good pick on them. Thank you. Thank you. It's not every day I get a pick right. So, <laughs> all right. Oh, I also got Manchester City winning the title, I guess. So that one hurts to get right, but I get I did get it right. I don't want to say good job on that one. Yeah, don't. Don't, please. Uh, all right. Let's get into the fun stuff. We got the biggest surprises and biggest disappointments of the season in the English Premier League. Targo, let us have it. All right. I'll go disappointments first. So probably another disappointment I have this year, man, obviously it's going to be probably one of your disappointments as well. It is Chelsea. Just that club in general, how much they've spent. 
firing Thomas Tuchel at the beginning, hiring Graham Potter, firing Graham Potter, bringing in Frank Lampard, caretaker. Mauricio Pochettino being announced, but we won't see him till next year. But Chelsea are terrible, man. They are a mess. They're sitting 12th place right now. Probably their best hope is 11th. That's the highest they'll, they'll get to if they win their rest of, your, rest of their games. But this will be their worst finish in 30 years since 1993-1994 season. Don't forget, if they lose their next two games and Wolves and West Ham win, they could finish 14th. I think they'll probably finish 12th, though. I'm just saying, they could. They could. You're not wrong. But like I said, this will be their worst finish in 30 years. That's 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 history, man. Yeah. This is history-making yeah. terribleness from Chelsea. And yeah, I mean, they had a one terrible season a few years back. You remember in the 15-16 season mm-hmm. where they finished in 10th? They're, they're not getting 10th. No. They're far worse than that. 10th is nine points off. They can only get six. I mean, I, I'll admit, this is a great example that throwing money at a problem doesn't fix it. Giving players eight-year contracts, I don't think is a smart thing to do on no. young, unproven talent. And it's costing them. And I love seeing it. Me too. I do. <laughs> I love it so much. It's great. They showed what you could do with a great manager and a lot of money, winning lots of trophies. But you can also now see it the other way around. So, makes me happy. All right. Another disappointment I have, man, is Leeds United. Specifically, their defense. So, we still got a game left, but this season, they have conceded 74 goals, which is the most in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. Last season, they conceded 79 goals which was the most in the Premier League. Over the past two seasons, they've conceded more goals than any other team over those two years. Yeah. And that's just terrible, man. You can't concede goals like that and expect to stay in games. No, not at all. They conceded six goals to Liverpool, five to Crystal Palace, Four to Bournemouth. Which is probably the most disappointing of those. Yeah. Four to Arsenal. No, get ready for this one. Four to Spurs. But then hold on. Another three to Bournemouth when they first met. And five to Brentford. Wow. That's terrible. That is so bad. And the club just made poor choices. You know, they fired Jesse March. Right after January when he got a couple signings. I thought it was a little early for me, but. Awful decision. It happened. Then honestly, I think if they were going to fire Jesse Marsh, they should have brought in Sam Allardyce right away. Not Javi Gracia. Mm -hmm. Then I think maybe he would have had enough time to maybe do something with that squad. 
and still kind of that culture belief that they can stay up. Because, man, watching them play West Ham after that second goal went in, they heads dropped. It was tough. But, yeah, Leeds yeah. United, man, disappointing. They, ha- they have good talent on that team. Tyler Adams, Wilfred Nanto, uh, Sinistera, Somerville I like, Brendan Aronson, Weston McKinney, Junior Furpo. So I think they do have some decent players on there. But that defense, yep. man, I will say their center back pairing just haven't looked good at all. Luke not Aileen, all. I am not a fan of. So, yeah, disappointed with leads and especially that defense. And probably for me, the worst player this season in the Premier League, the worst, I would almost say, signing this year, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Signed from Barcelona for just over 10 mil, so they didn't pay a whole lot for him. (laughs) (laughs) But what a catastrophe of a signing. Thomas Tuchel brought him in. He worked with him at Borussia Dortmund. They fired Thomas Tuchel. Graham Potter gets stuck. He didn't even play a game for him, did he? I think his first game was in October, so I don't think so. Yeah. It's like, I'm pretty sure they signed him, and then Tuchel got fired, so he didn't even play for him. But yeah, man, it's so he's got 15 appearances in the league and he has one goal and it was on his debut in October in October. (laughs) Uh, He does have six appearances in the Champions League where he has two goals. So, hey, good for him. That's three. But yeah, man, that move from Barca, it I don't know why it didn't work out for him. You know, he was a proven Premier League player. Is it his attitude? You know, he he had that little bit of a, a slip in form when he left Arsenal. But for Barca last year, he had, what is it, 23 appearances and 13 goals. Yeah. Not terrible. Not terrible. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's his age. Like he is 33 in, now. Playing in Spain, you can get away with that. You can't get away with age and speed and recovery time in the Premier League, so. But just watching him play, man, like he just—he's slow. It's bad. He's pushed off the ball too easily. If he's he lazy. touches it, he might get yeah. five touches. If or... he touches it, exactly. Which is but yeah, I think he needs to go to MLS, Saudi Arabia, China, <clears throat> wherever. Well, he'll to- he'll totally go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he fits in perfectly. So yeah, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, man, so disappointing. It's mm-hmm. almost funny. I mean, I mean, there's not many bright spots in that Chelsea team to begin with, but you were especially bad. Another player I feel like had a huge drop off this season, and as you know, I'm very critical of. Yep, rightfully so. Is Virgil Van Dyke has been a disappointment this season? You know, supposedly the best defender in the world, one of the best defenders the Premier League's ever seen. No, no, he's not. You know, he's been exposed time and time again this season. We pointed out almost every time he's not good at one-on-ones. I know he did, what was it, break 30? He's 30, 31. Maybe that has something to do with it, age catching up. I don't know. But Liverpool conceded. I don't think so. Look at Thiago Silva. 
It's 38. Sergio Ramos? Yeah. Well, I was using Thiago Silva because he he's, plays yeah. rarely. Yeah. So I just think he's been exposed because he doesn't have a consistently, well, a consistent defender next to him in Trent Alexander-Arnold because he has been far from it this season. Well, I think it's he's on the left, so it'd be Andrew Robertson, either Konote or Mati next to him. Yeah. But Trent hasn't helped him at all either because then he has to go out to that wing or Konote has to go out to that wing and it leaves him exposed. Yeah. And their midfield, as we know, has also not been up to par this year. You know, I probably could have swapped out, honestly, for Bino for Virgil van Dyke. Jordan Henderson as well. So and they're getting up there as well. They just have not played good. I will say they finished the season strong. So good for you, Liverpool. Made it at least a little respectable. Got into Europe. It's something. Something to hang your hat on. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Liverpool, man, this season they've conceded 43 goals so far. Compared to 26 last season. Yeah. And honestly, if they didn't have one of the best keepers in the world and Allison there, it probably would have been a lot more. A lot more. Yeah. And so Virgil van Dyke, he's been a disappointment for me this season. And then my other disappointment is Arsenal. Speaking of 43 goals conceded. Arsenal <laughs> have, they crumbled, man. I don't I don't want to say bottled it, but how can you not? How can you not say they didn't bottle it when they I'm were I'm not gonna say bottled it, but they definitely crumbled under the pressure. Yeah. They were in first place for ninety-three percent of the season. Mm-hmm. Except for when it mattered. Yeah, they've gotten since April first, they've gotten twelve points from a possible twenty-seven. That's not good. No. That's very bad. No, that and was I think three, three wins and three draws. Their lack of experience, their lack of depth, I think just caught up. Mm-hmm. They ran out of gas. Yeah. Plain and, and simple. The pressure. And the pressure. And so those are my biggest disappointments. All right. In the Premier League. Let me hear yours, man. Okay. Let me, let me go on some rants here real quick. All right, mine is similar to yours, first off. Uh, my number one, very similar. It's the same club. I just decided to single out two people. Okay. So Todd Bowley. Owner? Yeah. Graham Potter. Who going after Potter, huh? I am. Uh, first off, Todd Bowley. What in the literal fuck are you doing to Chelsea Football Club? Destroying what are you it. Doing? He's what are you doing? It. You fired Thomas Tuchel, one of the best coaches in the world, who had just won a Champions League with Chelsea. And you fired him not even two months into the season. And then you replaced him with an unproven Graham Potter. Eh, I would you, say semi-proven. <laughs> on a big, at a big club? No, not at a big club. Yeah. Uh... You got 28 points off of Graham Potter got 28 points off of 22 Premier League games. That's 28 points out of 66. Let that sink in. <laughs> they scored 25 goals. That's where it's killer, 22 man. Games. They have not been scoring goals at all. 
And then he replaced him with Frank Lampard, who had got fired not even, what, a year prior from Chelsea? Maybe a because little bit before that, yeah. And he hasn't gotten any better since he took over. One win? One win. Maybe they've scored a couple more goals. But you spent, Topoli spent over $600 million to overbloat his squad with unproven talent. And then signing them to the longest contracts in the history of football. Can't get rid of them now. You're stuck with them. This isn't baseball. This isn't the Dodgers. I understand they're the same colors, but that's about it. That's it. Baseball, you can have 11 individual players. Football, you cannot. Chemistry is important. Yes. And a good coach that can deal with egos. Uh, and not to mention the whole where, thing where he comes down into the locker room at halftime gives a speech. Not going to lie. I feel like if I was an owner of a team, though, I'd want to go hang out with the players. <laughs> yeah, after a game, not a halftime. Not to give a halftime speech. You're American. None of them are going to even listen to you. So you're just making it worse. If I'm the coach, I'm locking the door. <laughs> you are not coming in my dressing room at halftime. Go away. Anyways, next up, my most disappointing player of the season to rival your worst signing of the season, Richarlison. (laughs) I left him alone because I knew you'd want him. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. He was lauded as one of the best signings of the season after a 60 million move to Tottenham. He got 60 million? 60 million. And then Pundit said Spurs won the transfer market. Look what their signings got them. A goal? Jack shit. One goal. One goal in the Premier League. Three goals total. So you said Aubameyang was bad. Richarlison, just as bad. But played more games. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, Aubameyang was so bad, he wouldn't even play him anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Richarlison's so bad, they keep playing him. He's played 34 matches so far in all competitions, scored three times, once in the Premier League, which took him 25 games to get. Yeah. He's provided only four Hold assists. On. Can we talk about the one goal, too? Yeah. Against Liverpool to tie things up. Goes through every celebration possible, doing his little chicken dance. Takes and off then they shirt. lose the game two seconds yeah. later. <laughs> it sums up his entire season. Because that gets into what I was going to say next. He's got four assists across all competitions, but he's got three yellow cards. All for taking off his shirt, all for scoring goals that didn't count. (laughs) Yeah. Richarlison, you suck. He did. He did suck suck this year, yeah. Real bad. Attitude is just as bad. Quit bleaching your hair and doing a faux hawk. Down the middle. Grow some hair. Get rid of your faux hawk. I don't even think Anyways. it's a faux hawk. It's a weird little bull cut thing, man. Yeah, whatever it is. Just stop it. All right, next up. Um, I know you went with Virgil van Dyke, so I went with Liverpool. Just pick, off, pick it on all of them, huh? The whole squad. Yeah. Their Except early for Allison, season you can't struggles, pick on him. Their, over, their early season struggles overshadow their late season surge. Pretty much Um, after being the second best team in England for what last four to five seasons, maybe more. 
They slumped and hobbled their way through to the World Cup. They got 26 points through 16 matches out of a possible 48, which for their standards is awful. Uh, And they've had 40 points since the World Cup. So it shows you how much difference a break in the season has made for them. But they've lost nine times this season, which they've only done two times in the eight seasons under Jurgen Klopp. And this is the second most since uh, 2021 where they lost – well, other than, yeah, 2021 season. And the most other than that they've lost is six games in any season. It's the worst finish since Jurgen Klopp's been in charge. And they've just been disappointing all season. Their age is showing. They need to get rid of a lot of players. Good on Jurgen Klopp for staying and not leaving at the end of the season. But for the standards they've set for themselves, they've been one of the most disappointing teams, in my opinion. And I had to choose between them and Spurs. So I already picked Richarlis, and I wasn't going to, you know. Show my bias. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, the player you know, I'm going to pick anyways, because all the hype was around him. Anthony. All the hype was there. I saw him play for Ajax. He was brilliant. Comes to Man United. All the attitude, all the cockiness, moves that do nothing. Yeah, I'm talking about the eight or nine times he stood there and wiggled his foot over the ball. (laughs) And can't back it up. I mean, he's got eight goals and three assists for causing, costing 95 million. It's awful. I will say he just doesn't have the speed to go with those moves. He's just not quick enough, man. He's not quick enough. He's not strong enough on the ball. And then when he does get pushed off the ball, he tries to fight the guy every single time. I don't think he tries to fight him every time, but... Almost. Anyways, he's like Richarlison, just slightly better. He has this. He has the same gold to yellow card ratio as Richarlison, which is one-to-one. Uh, on a team like Manchester United in the Premier League, there's no way you should have four goals on 50 shots. Yeah, that's pretty bad. He's only got two assists and had 24 appearances. Just to kind of, you know, maybe let's judge that against some of his teammates. Okay. Would you say Jaden Sancho had a good season? No. Okay. Well, he's got one goal more and the same amount of assists on 13 shots as Anthony. So better ratio there on his shots to goals, huh? Yeah. And better stats. On less playing time. Let's go with someone who played a lot less. Has Anthony Martial had a good season? No, he's been probably injured most of it. Yeah. He's got five goals on 20 shots and two assists. That's one goal more. What about uh, Garnacho? You got stats on him? I do. I do. Uh, Garnacho has almost the same amount of... It's the same stats. He scored one goal less. And had the same amount of assists in four games, four games starting compared to Anthony's 22 games starting. And he's a teenager and he's a teenager. I could have gone with stats on other teams, 
But players on his own team that you've said have not had a good season, he's worse than. I'll leave it there. And then my last one, just like you, I picked Arsenal. I mean, their last three months of the season, they led the EPL by 11 points. But they've only won half of their games since February 1st. And they only lost three prior to that. But then they lost to City twice, lost to Everton, Forest, Brighton, Drew, West Ham, Southampton, Liverpool, and Brentford with three wins in their last nine games. And they held first in the league for 248 days. 93% of the season, as you said. Yeah, man, so it's hard not to call it a bottle. I'm not done yet. They're the only team to spend that much time on top of the table and not win it. Yeah. It's the definition of a bottle job, dude. (laughs) It wasn't for their age and lack of experience. I probably would say 100%. I'm going to say it's probably about 55% a bottle job. I'm going to call it a bottle job, man. I hate to do it, but... Like, don't get me wrong, that Man City team's fantastic, but that's a collapse. Just, that is an utter failure for them to not win for the me, league. Being, being, being someone in that position. Who didn't, I didn't think they were going to finish above fourth at max. Well, we'll then get to get that. second place, I'm not going to be that person to say it's a failure of a season because they finished second, and I thought they were going to finish fourth. I'm not saying it's a failure of a season, but I'm saying they bottled the title. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, those are mine. All right. Well, let's go to something a little bit more happy. Let's, Cause let's, I let's go tell, positive. Man, yeah. Yeah. We're getting, you're yeah. getting a little feisty over there with that. <laughs> I told you when I go on a rant, uh, as you know. <laughs> All right. Well, stop. those are my biggest positives, man, of this Premier League season. Uh, Number one, Newcastle. What a joy they have been to watch, man. Beginning of the season, I will say they were very defensive, very well defensively drilled with that defense, Mm -hmm. their goalkeeper and everything. They didn't score a lot of goals, but now, man, now they have that press. They put pressure on you. They're hungry for that ball, and they want it, and they want to push forward and score goals, and that's so fun, so beautiful to watch. I love it. Eddie Howe, you know, it's going to kind of be a whole Newcastle. Eddie Howe as well. From where he took over that Newcastle team, man, when they were, I think they were sitting in the relegation zone. 18th place, yes. 18th place. And right now they're sitting in third. Mm-hmm. Potentially they'll, they'll get a third or fourth place finish. We'll see, depending on the last couple games. Man United still have a couple left to play. But, yeah, man, they're, they're blowing teams out of the water. Scored five goals against Spurs in the opening something-odd minutes. 20, wasn't it? <laughs> something like that yeah i'm crazy yeah but it's just he's getting the best out of some of these players man the best out of miguel Almiron, who hadn't really done anything until this season he's getting the best out of callum wilson jacob murphy sven botman looks like a fantastic fantastic pickup and still young mm-hmm. so yeah man newcastle oh beautiful to see them there that crowd is Beautiful to listen to, man. They're loud. They're ruckus. They they hit that place bouncing. 
at St. James's Park. So yeah, I just I like watching Newcastle, man. Probably the end of the season, they've been one of my favorite teams to watch. My number two positive, I know we were harping on them, but it's a positive as well, is Arsenal. Honestly, beginning of the season, if you would have told me Arsenal will be challenging City for the title for most of the season and finish second place, I, you, most Arsenal fans would take that. I would have laughed in your face <laughs> if <laughs> after I said watching that. the end of last season. I'd be like, you're crazy, man. Yeah, <laughs> I want what you're smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive how far they've come from last season, you know. Last year, they got 69 points. Currently, they're sitting on 81 points. They can get another three. Final win. You know, Arteta got more out of his young players, I will say, this year. More out of Martinelli. More out of Odegaard. Saka's been fantastic. Xhaka has been a revolution this season. Mm -hmm. Seeing Saliba come in. Ramsdale playing well. Ben White playing well at that right-back role. So he has done a good job, I will say, overall as the season. And so, yeah, man, I mean, no one expected them to be there. They played fantastic football up until a couple months ago. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for them, but some good signings. They can, you know, they can maybe be back challenging next year. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on what those signings are, who knows? Maybe even challenging for a deep run in the Champions League. Let's hope so, man. Let's hope so. Mm -hmm. Uh, my number three positive is going to be Fulham. Yeah. Newly promoted team, man. Finishing. Looking like they'll finish 10th. Looks like they will finish 10th, no matter what goes their results mm -hmm. happen. So top of the table. There you go. Just about. I mean, and they were flying top, high at the beginning. Half, of, yeah. They were flying high at the beginning, especially. I think they got up to like, what, sixth, fifth place? In fifth place at one point. At one point, they had a little bit of a fall here recently, but credit to Marco Silva, man, bringing them up from the championship, doing well. They look like a good squad, good signings, good veterans on that team. Andres Pereira, Willian. They look good. Burn Leno, steal of a signing, man. I don't know how they got him. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yes. Was it five mil? Some Something like that, mil? yeah. But excellent recruitment and just very well done, Fulham. Congratulations, staying up after being promoted. Like to see them in it, especially with all those American players. Yeah, Tim Ream has been a revelation for them this season. Anthony and looks like one Anthony heck of a left back. Robinson, yeah. Yep. Woo, man, is he fast. My number four positive is going to be the owner of Brighton, Tony Bloom. And kind of Brighton as a whole, Roberto De Zerbi, throw him in there. Just what they've done this season is beautiful. It has been so fun to watch. They've been one of the most entertaining teams, not only in the Premier League, but in probably the world, to watch. They're yes. fun. But Tony Bloom, he took over in 2009. He was a long-time long -time fan of Brighton. Uh, interestingly, he made his uh, money playing poker. And off betting technology. Gambling, pretty much. Uh, but he has a company that runs analysts, that has analysts that run algorithms and get data for matches from around the world. And a lot of the times, uh, odds makers will come to him 
because he's been so good at winning these <laughs> bets. And so they come to him for this, but he took kind of those same algorithms, that same technology, and he's now applied it to finding players. Those hidden gems from around the world. And he doesn't go where all the big boys go. You know, the Brazils, the Europe's, yeah. Germany, England. He's he going to, to the grocery outlet. Yeah, he's going to Asia, <laughs> finding Carol Matoma. He's going to Ecuador, finding Moises Caicedo. He's going to Paraguay, find Julio Enciso. And so, but what's interesting is this, he has this for everyone on that team. Not only the players, for coaching staff, for medical staff, for backroom staff. And it just seems like a smart, intelligent thing to do. And it's fantastic because we're finding these gems that probably normally wouldn't get found sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or that would maybe take a lot longer to be found. And so it's just fantastic, man, to watch that. But uh, he's <laughs> he got them into their the AMAX Stadium. He funded that build. He's done fantastic things for Brighton. You know, they got promotion to the Premier League in the 17-18 season. You know, they had a few struggles there their first few seasons, finishing 15th, 17th, 15th. 16th and then up to ninth. Where will they finish this year, man? Where do you think? Fifth, sixth, seventh? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think they'll, they're going to finish sixth. Best yeah. finish to a season ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Out of nowhere. So credit to them. Credit to Roberto De Zerbi, the owner, Tony Bloom. Brighton have been fantastic. Yeah, I agree. And then another positive from this season, Eric Ten Hag. What a roller coaster of a ride for this guy. Yeah. You remember the season did not start off well for them, losing their opening match emphatically to Brentford. I remember Ronaldo played for Man United this year. Mm-hmm. He had to deal with that whole debacle of what to do with Ronaldo, benching Ronaldo, dealing with his attitude. Eventually shipping them off. And let's be honest, man. They've got a Carabao Cup trophy. They're in an FA Cup final. And they're get, probably getting Champions League next year. That's yeah. a fantastic season. 100%. I would argue it's better than Arsenal's season. They're coming away with trophies. potentially One trophy already, potentially two. They've yeah. already beat Man City once this year, so don't forget that. I, I will. I mean... I can't. They're one of the few teams. So He's also brought in a couple good signings. Lissandro Martinez, Casemiro. A couple maybe maybe signings. Vout Vecors, Tyrell Malasia. Anthony. Anthony, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man. I mean, I think that's a fantastic season for Man United. I'll admit, when I... They're, Season started, I thought, oh, good. We're going to see Man United in a sixth, seventh place position. Yeah, then they won, what was it, like 18, 19 games in a row? They won a ton of them. I, I don't know if it was yeah. that many. I think it might have been, you know, eight or 11, something like that. I think it was in all competitions, but yeah. Yeah, it could. I mean, they knocked out Barca in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. So, Eric Ten Hag. Most teams, for most teams, that would be the same as winning a trophy. There you go. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a fantastic first season. You got to admit, freshman season yeah. as a manager in the Premier League. 
got a trophy, Champions League. We'll see what he can do in the FA Cup. Yeah. But and those are my positives. As well. Next season as well. All right. No more rants. This is happy talk. All right. Biggest surprises. I'm going to start with Unai Emery and Aston Villa. Unai Emery having, since he started, the third most points in the league. In the league. That's crazy. Only behind Arsenal and Manchester City. He took them from, what was it, like 18th place? Were they that far? I know they were down there. They were down in the teens, that's for sure. Yeah, somewhere down there. And now they're in seventh, pushing for European places. Uh, Emery's 14-4-6 in the Premier League since joining. That's nuts. For it is nuts. I know Villa were struggling Villa. before him. Yeah, with pretty much the exact same squad that Steven Gerrard had, except for Alex Moreno, who he signed in January. But it's the only player. He's had the exact same squad otherwise. And he's done the exact opposite of Steven Gerrard. Doesn't that go to and show you dreaming. what a difference a good manager makes? Oh, God. Yes. And how good Unai Emery is with squads where he can develop the talent a little bit more without the pressure. As he had at Arsenal. Number two, Brighton. It was a tough choice between the two, but... Unai Emery has just stood out that much to me in the short amount of time he's been in the Premier League. Brighton, they punched way above their ceiling this year. They've had some amazing under-the-radar signings, coaching, qualified for Europe for the first time in club history, fantastic recruiting. I mean, they brought in players like Matoma, McAllister, Caicedo, Ferguson, and CISO, Jordan Steele. Brought them all to some of the best players in the league. Not just bringing them in and being good players, but some of the best in the league. Breakout are stars. Probably gonna, they're probably going to go for 70, 80 million each. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and what a replacement by replacing Potter with Deserby, who arguably is a better what coach. An upgrade. <laughs> yeah. They deserve all the accolades they get this season. And in my opinion, probably my team of the season. So does Next Deserby up, win your manager of the season then? Yeah, I want to say yes, but the reason why I said Arteta was because he's won the most manager of the month, and that's usually what happens. Okay. Number three, Thomas Frank and Brentford. I'm glad you put them on your list. I had to, man. I couldn't keep them off, but it's so hard because there's so many good things that have happened this season. There are. With teams you did not expect it. I mean, they made the G-Tech Community Stadium a fortress this season. Like I said before, they only lost two games at home all season. Granted, they won eight and tied seven, but still. They beat all top seven sides at home except for two. They haven't played City at home yet, and the only team they lost to in the top seven at home, Arsenal. is at the beginning of the season. I'll be honest with you, they played Arsenal at home now, they probably beat them. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're one of the only teams in England to win at the Etihad. And it's only their second year since getting promoted. And they've gone strength to strength with every single team in the Premier League. This is their best finish since 1934-35, where they finished fifth. 
honestly, a lot of underrated players on that team too. 100%. And they could finish as high as seventh and as low as ninth this season, but they finished 13th last season. So improvements every season. I hope Thomas Frank stays there for a long time. I don't think yeah, I like will. him as a manager. He's I think he, he's fantastic one there. The, one of the bigger teams will probably come for him, but if they can keep him, man, oh man, they're going to be good for a lot of years. Number four, you said it already, Newcastle. Couldn't put them any higher because, well, the other teams should never have been where they're at right now. Newcastle, after seeing the improvements last season, you could probably say they would be close to the top four, but not third for the majority of the season. Smart spending. I got to give it to Eddie Howe. What an amazing job he's done coaching that team. If you look at him on paper, there is no way in hell that they make a Champions League spot. They are Maybe in the Champions with, League for the first time I mean, since honestly, 2002. Only the couple <laughs> players that come to mind would be like Bruno Guimaraes or Alexander Isak. Maybe Kieran Trippier. Maybe, yeah, Kieran Trippier. But other than that, he's just getting the best out of these players, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say Sven Botman's been on the radar of a lot of teams for a couple of years. And for them to pip him from all the other teams, what a great signing that was because he has been arguably their best defender all season. Uh, let's see the best finish they've had since 2002, like I said, but they haven't been in the top four since then. And it's 20 years, man. That's a long time. One of the best, one of the best defenses in Europe, in Europe, they only allowed 32 goals, which is tied for the best in the premier league with Manchester city. And that's also only allowing a goal every 105 minutes. That's insane. Yeah, I remember at the beginning of the season, they were unstoppable defensively. Yeah. No one could score on them. It was nuts. Uh, And then number five, Arsenal. Everyone predicted they were going to be outside the top four. They led the Premier League for 248 days, which even though it's a negative, it's still a positive. Like you said, Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard, Ben White, They've all made tremendous strides this season. And then signings like Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus have been revelations, at least in the locker room. Saliba showed how good he was and lived up to the hype. And like I said before, what very well could be his last season in an Arsenal jersey, Granit Xhaka, I got to give him all the props in the world. Because I remember you and I were watching that game when he flipped off the fans, and we were livid. And he's turned into a cult hero for the Arsenal fan base, and he's probably been the most consistent performer on that entire squad this season. Oh, yeah, you know me. I was the first to point a finger at Granite Xhaka, but I will say he's played fantastic this season. Glad he turned it around and proved us wrong, especially me. Yeah. Yeah, and then Arteta and Adu deserve all the credit that they've had this season. Um, I mean, Arteta will get his critics for trying to be too much like Pep, especially towards the end of the season with changing all his tactics. But at least they made the title race interesting because otherwise it would have been over by Christmas. You're not wrong. That's all I got. (laughs) All right, well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. 
Let us know who your biggest surprises and biggest disappointments are, not only in the Premier League, but maybe in La Liga, Serie A. Let us know on our Facebook group, Bruising Banter FC. Don't forget to check out our Redbubble for the merch, our TikTok, Instagram, YouTube channel. You'll get up to date videos from us. You can see some of the goals that we see. You know, we post those usually pretty quick. Need to find that Julio and CISO goal, though, and put that up on the Instagram. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys for wa- for listening, watching, wherever you're from. We love you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Cheers.